Life isn't always fair. Sometimes the world can be cruel. And that's why you have to learn to be cruel yourself. Weakness is unacceptable. Welcome to Cobra Kai. Doesn't matter if you're a loser or a nerd or a freak. All that matters is that you become badass. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast, hosted by AC Cristales and Jose Barron. We're the podcast show that breaks down and shares insight gained from the hit Netflix series, Cobra Kai. Are you ready? Then fall in. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. Just here, one day closer to the weekend. How about you? (laughs) Heck yeah, dude. One day closer to the weekend. It looks like it's going to be a pretty weekend here in Dallas, man. We got a little bit of snow on Sunday. People went crazy. You know, you live a little bit up north for me. Did you get a lot of snow out there? We got like five minutes and that was it, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not surprised at all being Texas. Yeah, but everybody everybody was on, you know, their social media, man, posting those pictures of snow like they've never seen it before. It's all good, man. I guess for the kids, right? There's some kids who have never seen oh, snow yeah. before. So for them, it was good, man. But anyways, man, let's go ahead and get to it, man. You know, I just want to thank everybody before we get started on episode two. I just want to thank everybody who's listening to this podcast. You could be listening to other Cobra Kai podcasts, but you decided to listen to ours. So for that, Jose and I just want to thank you. So, Jose, man, go ahead and read the summary and the title for episode two. Episode two, Nature versus Nurture. Daniel and Johnny team up to find Robbie. Miguel faces an uncertain future. Chris tries to bring... Tori back to Cobra Kai. All right, brother. So nature versus nurture. Let's talk about that title a little bit, man. Um, you ever heard, did you ever take psychology in college? Yes. I mean, we're talking about a long time ago. Yes. But <laughs> I'm not trying to quiz you, bro, yeah. but do you remember the discussion about nature versus nurture? No, I don't. All right, so man. let me, let me talking- give it to you like in 30 seconds. So nature versus nurture basically means because I think that's where the writers were going with this episode. And after I, I give you this little 30 second, I guess, class, right? Let's see if you agree right. with me. So nature versus nurture means, and I know it not only because of psychology, but I know it because in sociology, we teach it as well. So nature is saying, these are the things that you're born with. So certain traits that you're born with, right? Due to your parents, you know, their, their DNA, you know, the genetics and all that. So certain traits like, hey, man, I was never going to be a basketball player, bro, because my mom's like five foot two and my dad is like five foot eight. So those traits, those <laughs> genetics, those genes were an enemy, man. So that's nature. All right. And oh, then okay. nurture. So nature, again, nature is what you're born with. But nurture is what is how you're formed as a result of the environment that you're in. Right. So the type of parents that you have. Right. The type of neighborhood okay. that you grow up in the type of uh, religion that you practice. So think about all these things that surround you, right? The type of friends that you have. So nurture the role that they play. All right. So nature versus nurture. Do you see the connection within this episode now? A little bit. I mean, definitely the nurture part. Okay. You know, first thing, uh, the nature, I mean, Ah, no, I don't see the nature yet, man. You'll you'll have to educate me on this one. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the nature there is, 
it's not really shown to you. The nurture part is you're absolutely right. Yes. But the nature yeah, part the is nurture. it's kind of like, OK, because this episode starts and I'm sure this is probably one of your, your favorite scenes, but it starts with Crease's backstory. Right. And so right. we see that uh, because we don't know why Crease became the way he did. And so I guess my thing in saying that and breaking down nature versus nurture is basically to tell you, look, this cat wasn't born like this. Yeah, maybe he had certain uh, type of traits. You know, maybe he was, you know, aggressive or whatever. But there were other things, right, that happened in his life that have created him and molded him into the person that he is. So the nature part, he's a man, you know, he's born that way, right? And maybe, like I said, he's aggressive. Maybe, you know, um, his his DNA, basically, man, his hair color, whatever, right? But who he became and the type of person that he became has to do with everything that has happened to him. So the nature right. is kind of like, okay, you know, Crease, he's a man, he's this, but how did he become who he is? You see what I'm saying? Like so that, the crease of today. Yeah, the crease of today. Like what shaped him? What formed them? You know, what's what what yeah. caused him to tick the way that he ticks? So that's the right. way I look at it, man. So yeah, go ahead and start us off, man, with your with your favorite scene, one of your favorite scenes. Of course, uh, I'll definitely start off with the diner scene at, at the very beginning of this episode. Um, the reason I want to start off with this one, I, I really like the misdirection the, the writers gave us. Uh, did you see the misdirection? Yeah, with the yellow <laughs> I have a car. Couple of questions to. With the yellow yeah. car, yeah. Well, not just not not just that, but um, just as you're watching it, like your I guess assumptions went a certain way. And I'll ask you two questions here uh, as we're going. Sounds good. So basically, it's these yeah, it's these three college kids. They arrive at a diner. One of them's name is Betsy, and her boyfriend David, along with some other guy. I was I wasn't able to find his name. <laughs> yeah. But um, they come in and. Um, Betsy, the girl, is kind of telling her uh, boyfriend, David, hey, why'd you run up the score on Stanford? And uh, he replies, like, you know, what kind of question is that? They're the opponent. You don't show mercy. And then, of course, uh, the waiter and the, the waiter comes over, brings over silverware, kind of has a little moment there with Betsy. Um, and then, of course, one of the guys is like, hey, what are you looking at, loser? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then as he walks away, the third guy that's with them, you know, like, hey, that's the guy who whose mom killed herself. Yeah. And uh, David's like, you know, that explains why he's such a freak. And the next thing you know, you see an army recruiter come up and come up to their table, stops at their table where they're sitting. And, you know, he tells the guys, hey, you guys have the look. You know, we could use you out there in Vietnam and hands them a brochure uh, about the army, you know, how it gives a man purpose and stuff like that. So at this point, I want to ask you a question. When we were watching it in real time at like 2 a.m., yeah. <laughs> did you know that this flashback was about Crease? Uh, yeah, but but I thought the bully was Crease. I didn't know that the waiter was Crease. So because you know that's uh, Martin Cove's son, right? That's Jesse Cove. Right, Jesse Coho. And yep. so I, I think I misread a tweet and I was like, um, Jesse Cove is going to come out. So I automatically thought, all right, he's going to play his dad. But I like right, the, the yeah. misdirection, the word that you used, right? That he didn't play his dad. He played he played the bully. So I didn't know when I watched it. Uh, I guess I knew it was Crease, but I thought the bully was Crease. So that was a pretty good uh, twist. Right. Yeah. And that was going to be my second question is, who did you think was Crease? Because, yeah, I mean, I think 
I started, I didn't know it was about Crease until I saw the army recruiter hand him that brochure mm -hmm. in the army. And that's kind of like, okay, this has to be about Crease. You know, he was the one in the army and stuff like that. But I, I completely agree with you. I thought it was Jesse Cove's character. Yeah. Like I thought that was because he was already a jerk. <laughs> right. And he was saying no mercy and stuff. Uh, yeah. But then again, he already said no mercy and they're the opponent and stuff like that. But what threw me off is the next thing that happens after the recruiter hands him the brochure, he crumples it up yeah. and just throws it. So I'm like, okay, he didn't like the army or something, but you know, when he's like pro military, but, um, but yeah, so at that point, I'm kind of like, okay, okay, we'll see what, where this goes. And then, of course, the waiter picks it up and starts looking at it, looks intrigued. And then the owner, the owner of the restaurant or the diner is like, Crease, you know, these tables aren't going to bust themselves. So I just thought that that was a good scene, man. The little misdirection from the writer yeah, really that, got me. That was pretty good because I'm sure a lot of people felt the same way because exactly what you said, he's using Crease terminology, no mercy. He's being a dick. Let's just say that, right? He's right. Being, he's being he a jerk. actually bumped into him. Yeah, you know? you know? And so I know you're going to talk about what happens after that, after the the, the chef or the, the manager, you know, calls Crease to make sure he's picking up the plates. But real quick, man, uh, that, that yellow car, that's Miyagi's car. That's Miyagi's car. That's Miyagi's yeah. car, which is, really, which is really, which is really in real life, that's Ralph Macho's car. So for those who don't right. know, that yellow car, you know, they gave it to him when he filmed Karate Kid Part One. So that's really his car. And so uh, another thing, man, with that, just uh, I just started thinking, man, this whole storyline with with David. Is that the guy's name? Because I never got his name. But yes. OK, so David, David yeah. played by Jesse Cove uh, and the crease, the young crease, you know, I kind of he's. It's kind of like a Joe Kane moment, right? You looking at my girl, you know, type stuff for oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> you looking at my girl? Exactly. You think my girl has a hots for you? You know, it so, <laughs> depends which one is she. And so, uh, but exactly that's what I right. thought about, man. It's one of those. Again, you know, I think, man, nothing's new under the sun, man. So all these scenes that we see, like, okay, I kind of take it from there because we're going to see it a little bit later when they get in a fight. But anyways, uh, take us to what happens after he tells them about the plates. This is, is this where he goes into his monologue at the Cobra Kai Dojo? Is that what you're talking about? Well, before that, where he gets tripped, man. And I'm kind of tripping, man. Oh, Remember yes. when, so when David trips Crease and he falls and then everybody's right. laughing at Crease. I was like, right. what's up everybody's with that, laughing. dude? Like, is there is there not anybody in that diner who was going to help this guy out? So there, exactly. then he goes into that that uh, that monologue, which is badass. <laughs> Tell us it about is. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the monologue, he go, he starts off, this is Crease. Now it's panning back to real time and him at the Cobra Kai Dojo with his students. And he starts off by saying, sometimes the world can be cruel, which, you know, we can pretty much all agree. Yeah, we do live in a cruel world. Now, this is where he goes off into Crease world. <laughs> he, he says, that's why you have to learn to be cruel yourself. And uh, weakness is unacceptable. The fight at the school is an embarrassment. We lost soldiers. Like, okay. <laughs> hold on, though. Hold on, though. Let me, let's talk about this real quick, though. Uh, yeah. So he starts it with life isn't always fair. Okay. So that's when right. he falls. Yes, life true. isn't always fair. And sometimes the world can be cruel. Now, you just said he goes into crease world. But check this out, bro. Um, sometimes you got to be a little bit cruel, man. I mean, I, I'm thinking that. And here, okay. Because I think there's some merit to what Crease said. I think it goes back to this. Dude, life can be tough. But you have to learn right. to be tough. You know what I'm saying? You got you got three kids, man. 
you know, you're going to tell right. them that, Hey, life is going to, life isn't always going to give you what you want. You know, same thing with my daughter, man. You know, she needs to understand that life isn't always going to give her what she wants, man. And we've had conversations. I remember when she was a little girl and she wanted to go to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, no. And, you know, she starts crying because that's what, you know, little five, six year olds do. I'm like, hey, don't be crying. Like, just you got to understand that you don't get everything you want in life. So life can be tough. And so think about it for a five year old. Oh, my gosh, I didn't get I didn't get to go to Chuck E. Cheese. My life is over. But as you go, as you grow older, you understand that, damn, man. Sometimes life is pretty cruel, man. So do, yeah. am I going to cower? You know, am I going to just give up or am I going to get tougher? And, and that, so that's how I looked at it. Yeah, he goes into he's speaking military wise and whatnot. <laughs> but I'm thinking like, yeah. OK, Chris has some merit. And so I'm just going to say this off the bat. A lot of stuff that he says, you know, throughout this episode that I know we're going to talk about. I'm like, dude, right. he, he's got he's got some points, man. So anyways, take us take us to the next thing, man. He was talking about weakness is unacceptable. Uh, but I like this. He right. says, but you will not lose again. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's already calling this shot. And I totally agree with you, man. You know what? I didn't even think about looking at it from that perspective. I mean, I went off on a totally different tangent. I was thinking, OK, so the world's cruel. So that means that gives me the right to be cruel. You You're know? looking at it so like Daniel. Was, You're looking at it like Daniel, bro. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, man, I totally went off on a different tangent. But no. Yeah. He's speaking military. Um, saying we lost the battle, but you won't lose again. Diaz was one of our own, like, you know, already kind of writing him off like he died or something. <laughs> we got to get vengeance. <laughs> and, um, you know, you know what they did to him will not go unanswered. Yeah. Um, we will show no mercy. We will show no weakness. We will strike back and we will strike hard. And then, of course, he does his typical ending. Is that clear? And then everybody else, yes, and say, yeah. And he's like, I can't hear you. And then, of course, they repeat it. That's a connection from the <laughs> from the original. You know, that's what he's saying in the dojo. But I mean, like you said, military, <laughs> military mind, military references. He thinks he's still in Nam, yeah. kind of in control of his own platoon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, he's taking over. And so that's what we see in this episode, right. man. Uh, Nature versus Nurture, episode two from Cobra Kai season three is that he's taking over. Uh, so my next favorite scene, man, is uh, Miguel. You know, he's alive. He's awake. You know, Carmen mm -hmm. is, you know, feeding him like like a good Latina mom, man. You know what I'm saying? She's feeding <laughs> him and stuff and and uh, just telling her, telling him, excuse me, that um, that Yaya's cooking for him, man. So that's pretty dope. Yeah. And then I love I love this, man. You know, he's asking for Johnny. He's worse sensei. Right. Worst so that's sensei. pretty cool. Yep. It's a quick scene, man. But I was like, all right. Again, look who he's look who he's seeking after, man. And so that right there should tell the viewer, like, okay, this guy has a deep connection with Johnny. So I love that, man. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of that? I mean, it's just like that was, you know, it's like his, that's his father, man, because he's, you know, really been the only father figure he's had. So you know, it's natural that he that's the first person he asks because he's. He's helped him so much, man, because, you know, when he first arrived, he was being bullied and he basically kind of helped him man up and, you know, overcome that that issue of bullying. So, yeah, it's deep connection, deep bond, chemistry, everything, man. Those two just work well together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So then, man, it, it you know, we see John. He's pretty gone. You know, he's in Daniel's car. So he's with LaRusso. And obviously they're on a mission because that's how episode one ended. They were going to team up. And uh, so... Daniel gives him some green juice that looks like sewage. And so looks then they're like going to go 
to see a mutual friend. Who did you think that was? Because when I first watched it, I'm like, I didn't have any idea. I was thinking, I didn't know who I was thinking, but I definitely wasn't thinking the person that it was. Who did you think it was going to be? Right. Same here, man. I was kind of at a, you know, what was the word? I was kind of thrown off and now it's like, who could be the mutual friend? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I had no idea. I was just like, and uh, to your the same thing, I was totally surprised when I found out oh, who it was, yeah, <laughs> you know? For sure. So they, so they go to some rehab place, right? They go to some rehab place and I love Johnny. He's focusing, but he's focusing on those girls doing yoga. So, <laughs> and then, you know, that lady comes out because again, they're at a rehab center and she thinks that he's checking in and he's like, I'm not checking in because he, he's no quitter. Right. So then we see it's yeah. Robbie's mom, right? It's Robbie's mom. And then they have, they have a good, in, a good interaction. So, I mean, I like this scene. What did, what did you take from this? Why don't you break this scene down for us? Absolutely. No, with this scene, you know, um, Daniel and Johnny goes to see Shannon, which that's her name. Yeah. You know, I, we had no, I don't remember them saying her name at all until until this point. She was just Robbie's and mom. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so Daniel, of course, kind of starts off on a little dialogue with her about how she was doing and if she was attending her, what was it, her kudos class or something like that. Yeah. And um, I think she's also thinking or telling him to thank Amanda for some lotion that she recommended and stuff. So they're kind of going off. And then, of course, Johnny grunts and he's like, hey, I'm here, too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, which was good, like, which know, was good so, for him to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, so Johnny's like, uh, you know, you look good. And Amanda's like, um, kind of looks him up and down and hesitates like uh, you, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just funny the way. And um, Amanda, or Shannon starts to say how she wanted to also, or first of all, she was surprised when Daniel told her that, you know, they both wanted to go look for Robbie to see both of them together because of their rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so then uh, Shannon says that, you know, she uh, wanted, she consulted with her life coach about actually participating and going to look for Robbie as well. But he was against it and stuff. And I like mm. what Johnny says. Very funny. He's like, your life coach you might as well be setting your money on fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some truth there, man. So Johnny dropping some truth bombs right there, man. And the first right. one, like you mentioned, she was surprised to see him. And I like what he said, dude. He said, whatever it takes to find our son. Our son like, don't yeah. forget that. Don't forget that shit. Like, I'm that dude's dad, too. You know what I'm saying? So I like For that real. he said that. And then, yeah, definitely the might as well be setting your money on fire, man. So, uh <laughs> Then after that, bro, I like when they're talking about um, he's basically dissing the whole rehab thing. You know, he doesn't need a rehab right, vacation. Yeah. And obviously it's worked. It's worked wonders for her from what we can see. Right. For Shannon. And so he, she was like, well, you don't need a rehab vacation because your idea of vacation is a truck show. So he talks about a truckosaurus. <laughs> truckosaurus is badass. So uh, it's crazy, man. Just Johnny's idea of a vacation. And then she was like, oh, you know, I didn't really like it. Or, you know, he's like, nah, you love this. She was like, I was faking. And Johnny, all oh, sly, right? I know when you're faking. Like, faking. Yeah. <laughs> so then what happens with that? Because, yeah, this is a pretty cool scene. It's an essential scene because it sets up a, right. a lot of what happens within the episode. Yeah. So then finally Daniel steps in and he's like, you know, I'm the best. So do you have any idea where he might have gone? And uh, this is where Shannon reveals, you know, her knowledge that whenever Robbie got in trouble, those two dimwits weren't far behind. And uh, Johnny's like, dimwits? And she she reiterates one of them looks like Chris Brown and the other one's vaguely Latin. And then, of course, that, you know, sets the light in Johnny's head. And he's like, oh, is it Tweedledum and Tweedledum? Yes. <laughs> and then 
Johnny's like, oh, where are we going to find those guys? But then Daniel's like, I know where they are. Yeah, which <laughs> so, which, which was so, kind of, uh, I was like, how the hell does Daniel know? To me, you know, when I was watching it, you know, how the hell does Daniel right. know where these guys are at? But anyways. <laughs> I'm guessing, man, I don't know. Because, you know, he was there when they got caught at the beach house. At the beach ah, club. there you go, bro. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. You're right. So that's the only way I can. No, think you're right. Of, you know? You're right. Because they were stealing all those purses. You're right, dude. Right. See, I love it, bro. I love you, bro. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. So then, you know, uh, we go into the Cobra Kai dojo real quick. Where uh, remember we talked about in the last episode how Kreese, you know, he wants a strong army, so he's gonna start, you know, sorting people out, weeding people out, and this is what exactly. he does. So he does it with a. Uh, he does it with a mouse. Why don't you tell us about that? And then I'm going to, I'm going to add something to that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is definitely one of the scenes I wrote Clarence. down. So he's about to dis- <laughs> he's about to dismiss the class. Uh, but before they go, he brings out this little friend slash basically a mouse. He brings out a little mouse and then Bert, uh, I don't know how he didn't even <laughs> figure this out, man. He starts to say, ah, yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. You know? Come on, Bert. And uh, <laughs> I know, right? And then here's the thing. He proceeds to ask, what's his name? And Kreese, you know, it's like, I don't know. What do you, what should it be? And then Hawk says, Hawk Jr. Um, and then he tells Bert, what do you think? And he's like, um, Clarence? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, good. Here, take him. And he gives him to Bert, right? So Bert's got the mouse and he's kind of, you know, in awe, really, just thinking he's cute and stuff. And then Here's Chris. Uh, it's almost lunchtime. And he's like, oh, can I feed him? Very naive, man. Come on. And <laughs> I like Chris right here, though. Um, what does he no, eat? But you can. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's like, no, but you can feed him. And then, of course, he unveils, you know, the cobra. And, <laughs> and then he's like, what does he eat? He's like, Clarence. Yeah. And then and then and then he starts kind of basically encouraging Bert to feed him. He's like, "Come on!" Uh, and then Bert, you know, moves forward as he's trying to get to feed him, and uh, he just can't do it. Like he he doesn't have it in him, man. Yeah. Basically, and um, and so Crease kind of subtle. He's like, "It's okay, Bert. Um, you know, I understand. Clarence is your friend. It's okay. Or it's okay to object," is what he says. And then he right here is where they didn't pick up on the lesson or the test. He's like, who else objects? And like about four other students raise their hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris, he, this, oh man, this passive aggressiveness right here. He's like, you're off the team. And then he's like, get out. Yeah. And, uh, and then Bert tries to, he's like, blah, 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 blah. and then uh, Chris goes, I said, get out. <laughs> basically just kicks him out he didn't even care that they were paying customers at all this is how crease this exactly. is crease man <laughs> exactly hey it's what he said man it's addition by subtraction so a couple of things with that scene man um first of all it's a pretty cool tactic used by crease to get rid of the weaklings and to him the weaklings are the kids who think having mice and guinea pigs and hamsters are cute come on man that's not cobra kai material not to crease right so uh, Chris, right? he wants killers, man. He doesn't want babies. He wants some badasses, man. So pretty cool tactic for him the to men use. from the boys. Yeah. Or the boys from the men. Exactly, man. So it was a pretty cool tactic. And the reason why we're laughing is just, you know, it's so, you know, just unintentional comedy, man. You know, sometimes it's like just just the way Crease delivers, you know, his, his information. But then another reason why I'm laughing, man, is because, you know, when he was when he was wanting to feed the mice to the snake, 
the mouse or the snake, excuse me. It reminded me of Road Trip. Remember Barry, Barry Manilow? When he's going to feed the the mouse to, uh, remember Barry Manilow was Tom Green. Oh, yes. Tom Green, <laughs> And yes. remember he's like, I don't know why I was least, confusing it with Road At least the Fury. <laughs> Remember? Yes, at least a few. Yes, he's so and tasty. You know what, he's so tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something I noticed about this scene, and something the writers have been doing this season, and they've been throwing a lot of '80s movies references throughout oh, yeah. the season. And this lesson, very similar to uh, remember the movie, just one of the guys. Oh, I love that movie. Billy well, Zapka, Zapka. Yeah, Billy sure. Zapka's in it. Yeah. yeah. There's a scene where Terry, the protagonist is in the cafeteria trying to make friends and one of the first persons she um she sits down with is this guy this kind of weird guy and, that has all um, those animals right right that has all those animals <laughs> and um so um you know he's starting to sh- he shows her a mouse that he has and that he calls it snowball yeah and so terry's like oh cute snowball yeah. and then he's like no that's not snowball and then he takes off his snake and he's like, this is snowball. <laughs> this is lunch. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so it just reminded me of that scene. I don't know why. But uh, but I also like the next part where Hawk is in his office. And that's where he says that line, you know, addition by subtraction. Are you sad to see your little friends go? No, Sensei. Go on. You can speak freely, son. Is this the right time? To make cuts? I mean, we're already down students after the school fight. This is addition by subtraction. A true Cobra feels no sympathy for its meals. Do you have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Good. I just don't understand the plan. With Miyagido shutting down, we might be able to get some new recruits. But we will. In due time. But first, we're going to need to strengthen our core. With Diaz out, we're going to need a new champion. Someone with no fear and no mercy. The part that I wanted to ask you is, like, when he said we're we're going to need a new champion, someone without or with no fear and no mercy. Yeah. If I'm Hawk, I'm thinking, why is that not me? You know what I mean? Like, he's been there. Nah. He stuck did around. Did you see his face, though? That's, that's what I was going to point out, too. Like when he, oh, when he okay. yeah, his face was like, shit, that's going to be me, you know? So that allure, you know, because at first he's like, man, these are, right. he's worried. Like, why are you getting rid of these recruits? Some of them are his friends. Right. I mean, Bert's his homeboy. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, as Chris, you know, he kind of gives him that temptation, dude, of, Hey, we're going to, like you said, we're going to need a new champion. And so to me, I thought, man, okay, that's when Hawk's eyes got wide, bro. It's like, okay, hell yeah. It can be me. Not so much. Why aren't you thinking about me? It's more like, let me earn this. I'm going to oh, take okay. this spot. Like, just the allure of being the top dog, that temptation of being number one, man. So that's okay, when we, that to sense. me, is when we see start seeing the change, which we don't see it so much in this episode, but we're going to start seeing the change in Hawk. He's like, okay, I'm going to prove right. to this guy that I'm the top dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm so, the main uh, man. Exactly. Real. But with that scene real quick, too, I just... I just want to say this, man. Crease makes cutting cigars cool, man. It looked pretty cool the way he just cuts <laughs> yeah. cigars. He's like, yeah. With that little device. Hell yeah, man. So that was pretty cool, man. So then, um, you know, we see a little bit about Tori, man. 
you know, and just her backstory, you know, her mom's sick, she's taking care of her little brother. And, you know, she has that encounter with that guy. And I'm not going to spend so much time on that. If you want to, you can. But it's just um, we see, you know, obviously her again, her backstory. You know, she's got some issues. She's not we didn't see her in episode one, you know, and, and obviously mm-hmm. she's not in the Cobra Kai dojo when Kreese is given that lesson. So where is she at? And again, now we know, you know, that she's, you know, number one, she didn't go to juvie, you know, but she's on probation, but she's now she's having to work two jobs and stuff. So again, a little bit of her backstory, but it was pretty, pretty sick of that guy hitting on her, man. Cause she's a teenager, man. So, but, um, extorting her, man. Exactly. And just, you know, trying to be just, you know, inappropriate, man. Like, Hey, you know, you need a man type stuff. So I like that. She defended right. herself. I, I did like that, man. Hell yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. What do you, what do you think? I, again, I just wanted to point that out because it's, it's essential to what's going to come later on with crease. You want to say anything about that? Well, the main thing I, I took away is number one, I just love how Tori handled it, man. She didn't give in to homeboy's extortion demands or yeah. suggestions. And yeah. you can say, and, um, it's just kind of made me remind that these are the, the is that our kids are going to have to encounter, man. For sure. For sure. You know, so <laughs> just <gotta laughs> that's right. For real, bro, because, yeah. you know, and one of the connections, just a connection, you know, Tori asked him about, you know, the leak in her in her apartment, like when she was going to fix it. Yeah. The leak is similar to the faucet leak that Daniel and Lucille's apartment yeah. that Mr. Miyagi went to go fix. Exactly. So that was just a little small connection. But yeah, but this is I mean, this guy yeah. is definitely not Miyagi. You know what I'm saying? This guy's, nah, a, this guy's no. a jerk, man. He's a creep, man. So, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to yeah. point that out real quick. The next thing is one of my favorite scenes. It's when they go, <laughs> Daniel and Johnny go and talk to Robbie's old friends, the guy that looks like Chris Matt Brown and the guy that's vaguely Latino. So I like that, man. A lot of funny stuff within this scene, man. You know, follow oh, yeah. my lead. Uh, Johnny's like, follow my lead, LaRusso. We're not selling Beamers to soccer moms. But <laughs> I like when those two guys come out, man. I like when, uh, did you get their names? I didn't even get their names. Uh, no. I okay, so so we got I the just, we got I, the I vaguely Latin, vaguely Latin, and Chris <laughs> Brown. So vaguely Latin is like he's pretty funny, man. I think he won that scene. He's like bitch ass Kevin James punk. So you know that oh, yeah. mock cop reference, and and the other guys like Robbie's daddy's talking a big game. So they're just basically talking trash to to Johnny, man. And uh, Johnny's like, why aren't these guys? Why aren't they afraid of me? And that's my question to you. Why do you think they weren't afraid of Johnny? Because I don't think they've ever really seen Johnny, like, fight or anything, you know. Um, and, of course, they make a reference, like, you know, you look by looking at your face, you already got your ass beat. Bitch-ass Kevin James punk. Hey, morons. Hey, what? We're looking for Robbie. Now, if y'all two are the search party, I say he's pretty screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Start talking or you'll be drinking your toilet wine to a straw. Ooh. Robbie, daddy talking a big game, ain't he? Now, does it look like we're scared of you? You should be. I don't think so, man. Look at your face. Looks like you already got your ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> Enough! Oh. Cut the crap and tell us everything you know about Robbie. Okay, all right, man. Yeah, it looks like you already got your ass beat. <laughs> yeah, that was and a great not delivery. just that, but maybe... Yeah, I was... And not just that, but, you know, maybe they think he's a deadbeat because of everything that Robbie's probably told him about. That's true. Um, about him. So they're like, this guy's like nothing, man. You know, he's just some what, a bum, probably. That's that's what I think they would be thinking. And then, of course, Daniel's like, enough. Yeah. And they start listening to him. Sorry, Mr. LaRusso. <laughs> I know, right? So that was funny, man, that they, that they listened to LaRusso, but not Johnny, man. So obviously... 
Johnny can't, he's not going to take that, man. So he clocks the right. uh, vaguely Latin dude and he clocks him again. And they're basically playing good cop, bad cop at that moment, man. So uh, Correct. obviously yeah. they get the information that they want and, uh, and that dude is bleeding, right? So Johnny's like, hey, get a, get a tampon for your friend. So <laughs> For your friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So take us to your next favorite scene. It's the one where uh, it's Miguel and Carmen and the doctor at the hospital. He's examining, the doctor's examining Miguel while um, Carmen's feeding uh, Miguel food that Yaya made. And, you know, um, <clears throat> doctor's examining his arms and his hands, I think. And uh, uh, Car- uh, Carmen tells uh, Miguel, you know, hey, Yaya's cooking up a storm, um, you know, Tupperware full of food, dulce con leche. And, um, and then the doctor gets to Miguel's legs and like, you know, he checks his leg first. He doesn't feel nothing. Then he checks his foot, doesn't feel nothing. And, uh, and then Carmen interjects like, Hey, you said the scans were okay though. Right. And he's like, yeah. And of course, Miguel, the very first thing he says is like, when am I going to be able to do karate? You know? And of course the doctor's like one day at a time. And I just, and then the doctor says, I need to speak to your mom. And I, here's, the thing, man, I, I, I mean, <laughs> could they have not found a better place to talk? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they basically go, the doctor and Carmen go and talk right outside his room, yeah, right in front of the window where Miguel can see everything. And of course he sees Carmen's reaction of devastation and just Miguel automatically knows it's not good. Yeah. It's not a good sign. So I just, you know, number one, I like the, fact of the how yaya is cooking up a storm for him just kind of again the closeness that they have and you know just remind me of my abuelita you know anytime i see her or we visit you know i tell her my favorite food migas con huevo y frijoles oh, look at you bro you I got it. it you got it just like that huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no questions my brother yeah. no questions but no just really just the the pain you see in miguel you know and the disappointment, really. It's not yeah. necessarily well. You're probably pain, but just the the disappointment, man. You know. For sure. So that's why I picked that scene. No, it's a great scene, man. Uh, I loved it. Just you see the weight. That's what I wrote down. The weight of it, man. Just the the burden that it's putting on his mom. You know, and yeah, damn, seeing your mom cry, man. That's gotta hurt. You know, and it's gotta hurt him double because not only you know he's not able to feel anything in his legs but then he sees how it's affecting his mom so that's just like double double the impact man you know what i'm saying so right uh yeah so i just have to say real quick man i had messed up man because i talked about how she was feeding him lunch the first time and she wasn't so that was my bad on that then we go to the (laughs) to the next scene where uh johnny and daniel are together again in the car and, and you know He's eating, Johnny's eating his corn nuts, man. So what, what's your uh, road trip snack, man? What's your go-to road trip snack? It had to be just uh, probably Cheetos, maybe. Cheetos? I, I, yeah, probably like Cheetos. I, you know, I could eat Cheetos. They've been my favorite since I was a kid, man. So. Okay. Nah, because I like corn nuts, so, man. I'm, I'm one of those people. You like that, corn nuts? Yeah, I, I could get some corn nuts, man. So uh, anyways, but it's funny because Amanda calls, right? So they're in this car, Amanda calls, and Johnny doesn't know how to how to talk on the phone through a car, man. He's trying to talk through the steering wheel, man. So then I love this. Again, my girl, Amanda, my girl who uses 
the movie references. She breaks out that Tango oh, yeah. and Cash. What do you guys think? You are Tango and Cash? And Donna's like, nah, nah, Tango and Cash were narcotic detectives, man. So Tango and Cash, man, underrated movie, man. Underrated movie. Great man. movie. So anyways. Great. Love that. You know, <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Anyways, they're just <laughs> talking about what they did to get information. And she's like, you do realize none of you are cops. So just a, a funny scene, man. And I love at the end, dude, that... Um, when Johnny tells Daniel, look, I'm not going to lie to your wife. She's like, because Daniel's like, why did you have to tell her? He's like, I'm not lying right, to yeah. your wife. So that was just funny, man, because yeah. come on, Johnny, he does all this other crazy ass shit, but he's not going to lie to LaRusso's wife. So what'd you get right. from that scene, man? That was his, a pretty funny scene. Morals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Johnny Longston morals, man. But no, I took down that scene as well. Number one, Johnny and technology. Again, those are always humorous scenes man yeah. <laughs> you know and because again he's like your car's ringing and you know again he pretend like he thinks the steering wheel is like some kind of microphone <laughs> yeah. he doesn't realize that there's speakers that can hear and uh of course great tango and cash reference and uh more like uh police officer terminology like we have lead we had to smack around a couple of suspects or something like that but i agree with you man i love what he said at the end about telling daniel that he's not gonna lie for his wife man you know yeah. lying's an evil sin man you don't ever want to love your wife <laughs> but, I, I, but i think johnny did it more for just just to be a just to be an asshole to larusso you know to what I'm yeah you know he's just getting, i can see that he's just jacking with him you know it's like you know because the way he yeah. said it was kind of like not lying to your wife, you know? So it wasn't like, yeah. So I thought it was more, he's just, you know, playing with him and stuff, man. So yeah, man, take us to your next favorite scene. The next one I'm going to go to is when Kreese goes to Tori's apartment. That's the one I took down. Um, this is one of my favorites, one of my favorite scenes. Um, you know, he goes to see Tori about coming back to the dojo and Tori quickly tells him, you know, I'm not going to come back to the dojo. And she starts to list off all of her reasons why. And, you know, Tori's got a lot on her plate, man. Community service, probation, still trying to get her GED, you know, and uh, taking care of her little brother and her mom. And um, and she has to pay rent, basically. She's the only source of income, it appears, in her household. And so she kind of tells him, life's kind of kicking my ass. <laughs> I, like, I, like his, I like his response. Yeah. What was it? Yep, you you can always kick back. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Crease right there. That's you see. That's the the good part of Crease that I agree with. You know, right there. Yeah, Something no, like I mean that. it's true, man. Life is kicking my ass. Yeah. You can always kick back for sure. Yeah, exactly. And then of course Tori's like, well, that's what got me into this mess, and you know, it's my fault. What happened to Miguel? And she she pretty much tells him, you know, she has to stay out of trouble because she can't go to Judy. And then here's I don't know. Creases a little bit of crease manipulation, I guess you could say. And that's just what I'm thinking. You know, he starts to talk about her mother. He's like, is your mother, you know, your mother sick? And then he's like, mine was too. So like, he's trying to relate to her, you know? And, um, I think he was being genuine he, though. You think so? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of in a way, but you know what, you know, crease being crease, he's always got something in the car. I mean, he, you know, yeah. He, he has a plan. He wants to bring her back. He knows, he knows that she can kick ass, but I think he, yeah. he relates to her, you know, because he talks about how, you know, she was sick, you know, and it just makes you wonder, man, this is what I wrote down. It makes you wonder just how impactful witnessing those events, man. Luckily, you know, you and I, we haven't lost, you know, neither of our parents, man, both her mom and right. dads are, are still alive, but imagine you losing them at a, at an early age. Cause you know, 
according to the flashback that we saw, Chris's mom had committed suicide, you know? Right. And so it has to be impactful, man. So, yeah, when he said that, I was like, man, you know, he, he is trying to relate to her. You know, that's why she was like, hey, did she make, did she ever make it? Did she ever get better? And he was like, no. Right. You like, know, nope. So, yeah, dude. But I, but I love that. Here's, here's my thing, man. I want to point this out as well, man. Um, Cause we talked about this, man, when we covered season one, the impact of fathers. So where are the dads? Right. Where's Crease's dad? Where's Tori's dad? Where are the dads, man? We don't hear of Crease having a dad. We don't hear of Tori having a dad. And so, man, it just, to me, man, as I was watching it, I was like, man, like everything that's happening with Miguel, everything that's happening with Johnny, everything that happened with Daniel, everything that's happened with Robbie, it goes back to they never had a father figure in their life. So now we look at Tori, look at Crease. Right. Where's the father figure? So heck yeah, bro. You know, heck yeah. We look at things through a deep lens, man. And so that's what I wanted to point yeah. out because it just shows you the importance of of having a father, man. You know what I'm saying? The importance right. of having somebody. Yeah, it's great to have a mom. Don't get me wrong. We love our moms, but man, Absolutely, you need that father yeah. figure as well. So that's what I got from that scene, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I just, I, what I took down mainly is, you know, Tori steps up, man, takes responsibility, like, you know, didn't even hesitate and she's still trying to get her GED, man. I just thought that that's, that's, that's tight. You know, I love that. <laughs> yeah. But I also put down, you know, Crease was trying kind of found a weakness in Tori, which is her mom. And just, just trying to use that to maybe try to recruit her. That's kind of what I, I mean. He's down, definitely like, doing that. Like, he's definitely doing that. But yeah. I think, like I said, and the reason being, let's just jump. We're going to jump ahead. The reason why I think that is because he handled her business for her. And he could have been like, I right, screw this yeah. little girl, you know, but he handled it. So, you know, she, he could tell that, that there was an issue with that, with that guy that, you know, that owns the apartments or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so he pretty much handles business. He uses his cigar cutter again. You know, he makes that cigar cutter. Uh, he's, uh, he makes it look pretty cool, man. And so, uh, yeah, he handles that business. And then, you know, we see Nichols come back. You know, we see her come back at the yeah. end. So, yeah, man, I think, yeah, he was using her weakness. But that's what some people do, man. They find your weakness and they exploit it. You know, we saw him do that yeah. in season two, the first episode with Johnny. Remember? That's With how Johnny, Johnny that's yeah. how Johnny got him back. You know, he 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 fixed the trophy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> exactly. all right, man. So what else do you got, man? Actually, one last thing to add to, okay. to what you just said about uh, how he fixed the situation, the issue that Tori was having. Now we know now I don't know if the writers are gonna try and trick us here, but this is something we briefly talked about at the end of uh of this season. Or no, at the end of uh, season two, I'm sorry. I know the landlord just didn't say because they said I think Chris said that they we're going to make a little arrangement. I don't think the landlord just gave Tory rent for free. I mean, you know what I'm saying. So I'm thinking Chris had to either front it, spot it, or you know maybe tell her to go easy. But then again, where is he getting money from? Is that what That's you think? I think he well, I think he jacked I, up that guy's finger, dog. You don't There's think he, he cut, it. cut it? I think he cut it. <laughs> I, I don't think he cut it, man. You don't think I, so? I, I don't know. No, I just think that they like he threatened to to cut it because you know what? Because if you think about it, uh, and again, I'm sorry, we're jumping ahead. No, you're but, good. You're good. <laughs> I think he cut it, dude. But I'm like, you don't think you don't think he would have reported him? Yeah, right. You're right. I just want to think that Chris is so badass he cut that finger off. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, so and so what you're saying is, Crease got some paper, dog. Crease got some money. Right. Where is it coming from? <laughs> That's the question that we, you know, try to ask ourselves at the end of season two. We keep asking it too, man. We even at, we even asked that question when we did uh season three initial reactions, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, brother. Let's keep going, man. So let's go back to yeah. uh, our favorite scenes. This is, a, this is a lot, you know. These these episodes are running a lot longer. Did you notice that this season? Oh yeah, yes. So, anyways, um, I think this is the longest one, isn't it? It was it was thirty eight minutes, man. So then, yeah. you know, my favorite scene is just the the young crease, young crease, and he's fighting. He tears up those those guys, and they're calling him freak. And I told you that reminded me of of Team Wolf when they called uh, Michael J. Fox yes. uh, Scotty. They called him freak. So. Yeah, yeah, man, he tears him up. He he has some good lines in this, though. You know, I like when he says, I've been fighting my whole life. I sure yeah. as hell ain't scared of you. So I love that, man. So Kreese, basically, he tears him up, man. You know, but here's my question, dude. Um, they're saying he's a freak and he's crazy. So I just, that guy, he seemed normal to me. He didn't seem like he was crazy. You know, young Kreese. So exactly. I wonder why they were saying that. I think they could have done a better job of showing that. You know, I don't I don't think they really did a, uh, a good job of showing that because I'm like, what the hell makes him crazy? Because his mom killed him, killed herself. That doesn't make him crazy. Right. You know? Shit, I'd be crazy, too, if my mom killed herself and I saw it or something. So right. I think they could have yeah. done a better job with writing that. But uh, Crease tears him up, you know, and uh, she's Betsy, right? Betsy. She's like, are Betsy you OK? He's like, I've had worse. I've had worse. And so he wins her, man. He wins her and he gives her a lift. Yeah. And then. It's pretty cool how they do the whole, uh, I like the camera shot. They do lift and then it shows uh, Johnny putting gas. He's lifting up the gas thing. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. So yes. That was pretty yes, cool. So then take us to that, man. So then we go and Johnny and Daniel are at the gas station. They're still looking for Robbie. Right. Yeah. They're going, they're heading towards uh, Panorama City, I think, because that's the lead that um, the Chris Brown and uh, the vaguely Latin guy, <laughs> you know, that's the information <laughs> that they got from. They stopped to pump gas. Um, I think Dan. Daniel goes inside and asks the uh, what gas station attendant, "Hey, have you seen Robbie?" Like, you know, and so, uh, and then so you know, Daniel says, "No, it's it's a no go. The gas attendant hasn't seen him, and uh, that they're close by to that tech town." And Johnny's like, "Yeah, we can ask them for the security footage <laughs> when we get the tech town." You know what? Gonna- that that just slipped by me, dude. <laughs> so that's what he said. <laughs> Like they're just we gonna give it to him. <laughs> they're gonna walk in and demand. It's like us going to uh, what Best Buy. Or like he's some sort of cop, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, while they're talking about that, um, Daniel gets a notification on his phone, and he he looks relieved. He he tell he's like finally some good news, and it's the text from Amanda saying that Miguel woke up. You know, and um, so Johnny agrees. He's like, yeah, that's real good news. You know, so, and, hey, they agree on something for once, you know. <laughs> but while they're sitting there, um, you know, the van pulls up, right, and some guy gets out. And, of course, uh, Daniel spots it, and, and Johnny's like, you know, I, I think they yell at the guy, hey, you know, and the guy just turns around and panics and just takes off. You know, can you imagine a scenario like us? If we're walking, it, like, you know, if we have, obviously we have nothing to hide, right? But, yeah. you know, if we're walking and somebody says, hey, we're not just going to jump in our car and take off, sure. you know? But that's why it's a so TV show. Kinda, <laughs> right, yeah. That's, that's why it's a TV, TV show. show. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Johnny quickly gets into the driver's seat and he's, like, you know, ready to pursue. I think that's what he says. And Daniel all is like, you know, wait, 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 where are you going, you know? Um, and and Johnny's like, just get in the car. And, and he's like, no, no, no. And 
I'm like, Daniel, dude, get in the car, bro. Yeah, for <laughs> no, sure. What are you waiting for? And then, of course, they pursue him, man. Very good, very cool chasing. I like it, man. Very, very terrible. 80s, Kicks. 90s action movie scene, very. you know, with that song, too. My heart, my heart. Kickstart Kick my, my heart, heart. Yeah. Crew. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, Johnny's running red lights, man. And um, he almost ends up in a head-on collision, but he's able to swerve, and he hits Daniel, or Daniel's uh, side mirror gets knocked down. And he's like, ah, oh, you got insurance. It'll yeah. be cool. Yeah. And then they arrive at this chop shop garage, man. <laughs> Again, with the cop terminology, he's like, we have to pursue on foot now. And Daniel's kind of scared. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I'm not, I, didn't even, I didn't even notice that, bro. So that's cool, dude. I didn't even notice he's using all this terminology. I'm just thinking that's Johnny being Johnny. All right. Good, good, good deal pointing <laughs> that out. <laughs> yeah. And then so, the, yeah, they go into the garage. Daniel's hesitant and stuff. But uh, he, he eventually goes in. And then, of course, that leaves. Uh, to the next scene. I don't know if you want to talk about Yeah, it let me talk about that. Continue. So basically, man, basically, dude, it's just old school. This is what I wrote down. Old school fighting movies, man. Remember when they used to just go to a certain place, a garage or something, and that's where they're at right there at a, a mechanic shop, garage, and they just start kicking ass. They just start doing karate. So it's old school, even with the music, man. Uh, my favorite thing was when, when Johnny and Daniel kicked that guy at the same time. You know, so that was oh, pretty yeah. cool. And then I love when Johnny's tearing up that guy. He's like, you know, you need to tell me more. And and Daniel's like, no, that's enough. And that reminded me, if you think about it, man, I don't know the last time you saw Tango and Cash, but uh, when Tango and Cash get into it, because I think uh, I think Tango, which was Stallone, Ray Tango wants to put that uh, that grenade, grenade in that guy's pants. Ponytail. <laughs> yeah, ponytail. And then Cash is like, you lost it, man. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how, re- yeah, that's kind of how it reminded me, man, because they're getting into it. They yeah. start arguing and then they start doing karate. <laughs> I was like, come on, are y'all really going to start fighting like that? So, uh, but there it is, man. There shows our prediction. We didn't make it, you know, because I think I predicted like they would be homeboys for nine episodes. You predicted like five. They didn't even last one episode, bro. One episode. They got caught up in their, you know, just their mess, man. I, let me use a better word. They got caught up with just different agendas and different ways of doing things. Let me say that. That's a better way of explaining right. it. Different ways of doing things. You know, Johnny wants to kick ass and get answers. And Daniel wants to talk, you know, Miyagi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, the partnership ends, man. Doesn't even last an episode. And, you know, I like what Johnny says. Well, you came to me, which is true. You know, you came to him. Right. You know? he did. And then Daniel with the diss. You know how I was talking like, oh, I love Daniel in episode one of season three. But he came with the diss. I didn't like that. He's like, oh, well, I'm willing to admit when I fell. And maybe I did. Or maybe he just has too much of you in him. That was a low blow, bro. Low blow. That is. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to attack anybody's parent. Yeah, parent dude. And so, uh, yeah, there it is. The Johnny Lawrence, Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> partnership didn't even last an episode man so damn dude uh but i love the fight great fight scene man so oh yeah definitely definitely what i like so take us to your next favorite scene actually before i do let me just add one thing that i i think i read somewhere i can't remember it was twitter but the chop shop guys didn't know that they were fighting uh three-time under 18 all valley champions <laughs> you know because johnny won it once and, and daniel won it twice but seriously those those, those cats didn't care though but I, I love it i love i love it man because it takes you back to like i said man all the movies you used to love you know growing up man when we were teenagers man movies they don't they don't really make movies like that anymore man so nah 
I agree with you completely. But uh, sorry, I just wanted to add no, that because I read it and I was like, that was great. Next one's a good one, man. This is a very powerful scene. This is where after they leave the chop shop, after you know they had that little disagreement, you know Johnny's like, I got somewhere to go. And um, of course, he ends up going to the hospital. He sneaks in again using the same bracelet that he had. The, the, the again, Johnny being innovative, man, you know. And um, so he goes to see Miguel. You know, Miguel is just there in his hospital bed eating. And uh, so uh, Miguel asks him, "Hey, what happened to your face?" And Johnny replies, "You know, hey, I got into a fight with the paper or paper towel dispenser and a couple of goons at a chop shop." And so then Miguel starts kind of, you know, not really self-disclosing, but just, you know, dropping truth to him. He's like, you know what? The doctor told my mom I'm never going to walk again. And then Johnny's kind of in denial. He's like, nah, they don't know how strong you are. I love that part, though. I love that. I love when he said that because it has some truth, man. You know, I know he was I know, like you said, he's trying to be in denial. But I think it was Johnny being like, look, they don't they don't know how strong you are. So I like that. That's how I took it. Go ahead. Yeah, and not just that, but remember what he said at the rehab center. He's like, I'm no quitter. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, he definitely, you know, Johnny's not, not quick to, you know, give up or believe that things are hopeless. You know, yeah. it's definitely something. But um, but then Miguel kind of starts, you know, kind of getting angry a little bit, man. He's like, you know, I did what, Sensei, I did what you taught me, showed mercy, you know, and then he's like, now starts questioning, why did this happen to me? And Johnny has no answers, man. He's like, I don't know. Which is a good answer. I got to say that because sometimes we don't know, man. Sometimes we don't know why certain things happen. You know, I mean, exactly. just, you know, why, why try to, why try to come up with an answer if you really don't know, man. So. The doctor told my mom I might not walk again. What? No. They can't know that. Uh, they don't know how strong you are. Sensei, I did what you taught me. I showed mercy. Why did this happen to me? I don't know. You don't know. I trusted you. Everything that you told me. Miguel. Look at me! Get out of here. Miguel, you can't. Just get out of here! Please! Just please! Very emotional, emotional moment, man. Very emotional. And he yells at Johnny, bro, he tells him, because Johnny tries to, I think, utter in a word or something, and he just, like, cuts him off and tells him, yells at him to get out of here, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, please, just leave. And this is this is Miguel in pain, man. He's lost hope, yeah. basically. Yeah, he's lost hope and pushing away Johnny. Um, but here's the thing. You know, Miguel did the right thing in that fight with, with Robbie. Yeah. But you can't control how others react. There you, you know? go, for sure. You can't you can't control how other people are going to react, and you know he just 
he doesn't see it at the time because uh, his mental state is just hopelessless because he saw the pain in his mother's eyes and you know he can't, can't walk again too i mean that's and that's what so, that, that's what's in his mind right now man so i just gotta say man i'm sure you feel the same way but you know cholo brought it cholo Mario yeah. brought it in that scene he took it to another level man you know i was watching i was rewatching it again you know this episode again yeah. before we got on and yeah when when it got to that scene i'm like damn he, he took it he took it man he did a good job he was channeling to me he was channeling uh a little miklo I'm cutting you off, you know, like they cut off my leg. Like they did with my leg, yeah. <laughs> so I thought about that, but no, Cholo brought it, man. That was a that was a powerful scene, man. Powerful scene. So very powerful. Let me take it to the next one, man. It's just uh, we see Robbie, you know, obviously uh, Robbie's mom. You know, what was her name? Sharon. Shannon. Okay, Shannon. Shannon, Shannon called uh, Larusso, so Daniel goes to see him, and he's just trying to help him out, man. Again, he he wants to he wants Robbie to turn himself in, so Robbie will get a lighter sentence. So he has good intention there, you know. And and right here, man. So it, it's pretty cool the way the way this this episode was directed and filmed. So in that last scene that you talked about, we see Miguel again and how he's feeling down. Well, now we see Robbie and how he's feeling down. You know, he's he's apologetic about you know what he did he's taking responsibility you know he's saying that you know he shouldn't have done what he did but then daniel's like well you know what i'm sorry you know i let you down and i should have never said the things that i said so i like that and do you notice that i did right. notice this man daniel apologizes i don't think johnny's really apologized to miguel he apologized him when he was in a coma but at that moment he didn't apologize to miguel so i wanted to point right. that out it just kind of shows you where they're at you know in, in their mindset but uh you know, one of the things that stands out to me is Robbie's like, you know, I can't change. You know, you're right. I can't change. And, you know, that's that's the thing, man. Working with young people, man, you know, and, and not even young people, man. There are a lot of people who and this is a lesson. You know, it's funny, man. We haven't really talked about lessons, man, but this is a lesson, man. There are a lot of people whose life doesn't change simply because they believe they can't change. But change right. is possible for everybody, man. I'm not saying it's easy. OK, so if you're listening, oh, no. I'm not saying that change is easy. I'm just saying that it's possible for everybody, but it's even more sad to me, right? Because once you get a certain age, it's harder for you to change. You know, you get to a certain age, you're 35, 40, 45, 50, you know, like it's hard, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're setting your ways, but man, for a 16, 17 year old kid to say, Hey, I can't change, man, that's, that, that's a bad mentality, man, because you can change, you know, you're still at an age where you can still make decisions that can affect the the trajectory of your life and so when i when i heard robbie say that i was like look dude you can change man but you're not going to change if he if you keep telling yourself that you can't change so i love what daniel says though you know he says hey we all make mistakes but our mistakes aren't who we are you can learn from your mistakes so again we see robbie he's blaming himself but daniel's trying to guide him like nah man you can change so what did you take from that well, number one, just to point out a couple of things, you know, I loved how Daniel admit that he was he was wrong for how he he lost trust in Robbie, which is, you know, definitely something we talked about uh, at the end of season two, uh, where he just basically lost trust in him. You know, so I'm glad he acknowledged it, apologized to Robbie. Um, I mean, I agree. Robbie needs to be held accountable. But one thing I wrote down and I have a couple of questions for you, bro. Um, do you think. Daniel could have handled it a different way, the situation right there at that moment with Robbie. Because in my opinion, Robbie was in a moment of trust with Daniel, and it and it felt like Daniel ambushed him in a way, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. 
But do you think Daniel could have handled it a different way? I think he could, but I wanted to get your feedback yeah, yeah, on for that. Sure. I think point. I think he could have um because he kind of did it sly. You know, he was slick about it. He could have been like, Look, man, I came because this is what's gonna happen. And so yeah, I can see Robbie's point of view. And now as you're asking me that question, yeah, dude, he could, you know, he kind of wanted to be cool with him first, and then the cops came. So that's kind of some bullshit ass right. move. <laughs> So right. yeah, he could have done it differently. Yeah, good question. I think so. He should I mean, he should have done it. I different. think Daniel's right. Yeah, and I mean Daniel's intentions were good. Yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, I I just think he mishandled it. I thought, in my opinion, I thought he he probably could have talked to Robbie first and convinced him to turn himself in instead of just like, you know, pretending to be to listen and be apologetic and then next thing you know the police show up. But um, and the the other question I had is. Do you disagree with Robbie's reaction? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I don't disagree because he's 16 years old. And at 16 years old, you know, you're pissed at the world. So he's like, don't right. bother. Don't bother, you know, coming to see me. Because Daniel's like, I'm going to come mm-hmm. see you every day. Lying ass. He didn't come mm-hmm. see him. We're jumping ahead. But <laughs> but uh, but Robbie's like, don't bother. But yeah, man, come on. You got to understand. You got to kind of let it slide, man. Like I heard somebody say, say this man oh i think carmen said said it in a in an episode that's kind of come up here in the next couple episodes but like if you're if your teenage kid is always happy with you you're doing something wrong so at some point you're gonna piss off your 13 14 15 year old kid you know so yeah yeah but no yeah those are definitely the two questions i had yeah i definitely felt like daniel kind of ambushed him there he did. <laughs> he did. But again, with his, you know, he had his, he has, a, he had his, you know, good intentions, man. So anyways, man, that takes us to the end, you know, and, uh, Kreese is giving his monologue. We see Nichols, yep. Tori come back in, you know, he starts out, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And then it flashes back, you know, to, um, you know, young Kreese, you know, telling Dollface, you know, I, I promise Dollface I'll be back. So, and then it finishes with this. This is some great stuff here. Your whole life you've been told to be good. But good is only a matter of perspective. Always remember your enemies think that they're doing what's right. They think they're the hero and you're the villain. But now you know the truth. There is no good, there is no bad, only weak or strong. And now that we've shed our weakness, it's time to show our strength. If you do that, I promise you, you will be unstoppable. Now that we shed our weakness, it's time to show our strength. If you do that, I promise you, you'll be unstoppable. Badass, man. Badass. So, man, to be honest with you, bro, there's a lot to unpack there. And, man, I wish, you know, again, I don't want to make this so long. You know, we we were talking about, you know, how there's some other podcasts that they'll go two hours long. And I don't want to make it so long. So, Man, but that's just some great stuff there, man. And and man, oh, yeah. trust me, I could I could break down some uh, some sociology with that with regards to there is no good, there is no bad, but um I love it, man. Good is only a matter of perspective, and that's true because think okay, let's go back to the nature nurture thing, okay? Nurture, the right. way you've been taught. So let's say you tell your kids, don't fight. Okay, you don't fight. That's not the way you handle you don't handle your problems like that. But there's another parent that's telling their kids, Hey, anybody pisses you off you fight. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So your good is like, you don't fight. You tell an adult. Their good is not. Nah, you kick their ass. You see what I'm saying? 
So that's exactly. the whole nature yeah. versus nurture. So that's where Crease is coming at. They're good is only a matter of perspective. What you call good is not may not be good to me. Yeah, exactly. Me showing mercy to me, you know, that's that's weak. But the crease is like, nah, that's good. Or or showing no mercy. Excuse me. You see what I'm saying? So it's all how yeah. you're raised, man. It's all how you're conditioned, dude. And that's that was the whole purpose of this episode. So he killed it, man. You know, I'm gonna I know how oh, we yeah. do top three. Crease is number one for me on this one, man. But what do, you, what do you yeah, what do you got with this? What stood out with me um is I, I took down that line about good as a matter of perspective, but you know what? I went in a totally different avenue. Okay. I was going to touch it. I was going to touch it back to just what's going on in the world, man. How, again, you see everything on social media and what all the things that are happening in our society with the pandemic, the election and all that, and how people think this is good. And other people think this is good. And I'm just like, yeah, it's perspective, man. It's just, bro, like, you're, okay. you're on it though, bro. What are you talking about? You're, you're exactly right. Like, no, you went with the right, you went with the right mindset, bro, because that's what it is because you can find, you know, 20 social media accounts that said, Hey, you know, that destruction at the white house was bad. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't have done that. And you can find right. 20 other social media accounts like, nah, that's good. We should have done that. You see what I'm saying? So exactly, who's, who's yeah. good is right. You know, it's all about mm-hmm. their perspective. So, man, that's yep. a that's a deep, deep conversation, bro. But uh, yeah, hey, who that's, knew- <laughs> that's something else. Right? Like, <laughs> who knew that Crease was going to bring Crease was going to bring some truth with that, man. But yeah, yeah. great scene, man. Great scene. Um, anything else, man? Anything else from this episode? Yeah, I have one last question yeah. for you. Um, you know, no, Crease's backstory was interesting in this episode. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, it was very interesting. Does it change your perception at all about the character? I, I will say this, man. too soon I, to say No, You know, no. I will say this. When I was re-watching this, I was like, oh, that last flashback, I don't know why they why they put that one in there. I thought it was a little bit too much right now. Mm-hmm. I get the fight. I get the one at the beginning. He's getting bullied. I get the fight. But the one where he says a doll face, I don't think that was necessary. And I, don't, I know I'm not answering your question, but does that change my perspective of him? Um, like I told you, bro, I think they should have done a better, better way of mm-hmm. writing to see, okay, what happened with his mom? She killed herself. Why? How did that affect right. him? Why is he a freak? Does he keep to himself? Did he try killing himself? You see what I'm saying? I think if they would have yeah. done that, then I would have been like, oh man, more you know, yeah. more, I would have been like, oh man, like, damn, this guy, he's been through some stuff. So it's kind of, it's kind of left to our interpretation why is he a freak? He's a freak because of what? His mom died? Well, why did his mom die? Those are my questions, man. So uh, yeah, it, it kind of, and I think you're, you're exactly right, though. That's a great question because I think that's what the writers want you to do. They want you to understand, okay, how did this guy, Crease, John Crease, no mercy, little bastard, all that shit that he says, how did he become <laughs> who he is? You know what I'm saying? So, right. Um, great backstory. But I, I will say the last shot, I think, was, uh, I don't know, was it necessary? But that's just me, man. <laughs> that's just yeah. my nitpicks. Yeah, no, it was a but man, I, I will say this, man. As as I was as we were talking about it, I was like, hey, this is a pretty good episode. It had a had a lot of depth, man. So yeah, yeah man. definitely did. Well, let's go through our categories, man, so we can wrap this up, man. So, what's your run it back scene? That scene you can watch over and over again. I'm gonna go with the fight at uh, the chop shop, Daniel and Johnny, man. Okay, <laughs> just good fight scene overall, man teamwork and then of course they get into it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm glad you said that one man because that's definitely one but let's let's you know you give them one i give them one 
I'm gonna give the Miguel and Johnny scene when when Cholo and Cholo brings great it. One, man. Yeah, so those those two scenes yeah. are pretty dope. So we got the the kick ass action scene, and then we got the the sad tug at your heart scene. All right, all right, man. So what's your <laughs> yeah. uh, best line? Quote this. Oh, it's got to be the one that Tori said, man. I love that one where he says, "Life is kick." Well, actually, Tori increased. My okay. bad. Tori increased. Life is kind of kicking my ass. You can always kick back. Love that line, man. Badass, badass. All right, so I'm gonna. I was gonna go with Daniel, but I'm not because he pissed me off with that last comment. Not messing. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let's just go with that one. Let's go with that one. Uh, okay. Let's go with no. Let's go with this one. Let's go with. Uh, well, I like yours, and then mine is. Um, Good as a matter of perspective. <laughs> er. You know what? <laughs> I was going to go with our mistakes aren't who we are. You can learn from your mistakes, but uh, I'm feeling kind of crease. I'm feeling kind of like a crease right now. So let's go with there is no good. There is no bad. Only weak or strong. Okay. Now that we shed our weakness, it's time to show our strength. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Definitely a crease line right there. <laughs> All right. So CK top three. Like I said, I'm going number one with crease. Who else do you got, though? You can go three more. You can have two more. Um. Crease is the automatic. Uh, the next one I'm going to go to is Tori. Just love how she steps up, man, takes responsibility, how her character, man, you know, all the things she's doing and still finding time to take care of her brother and mom. So I just thought Tori did a good job, man. Okay. And I like it. I like how she handled that punk tiburon. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. And uh, how she came back to the dojo. So Tori definitely, you know, did great in this episode. And uh, I got to go with Miguel for the final Heck one, yeah. man. That that emotional scene, man. Yeah. <sighs> Powerful. Yeah, for sure. I'm down with those three. I'm going to throw one in there since this is our podcast show. Honorable mention to <laughs> the vaguely Latin. Because you already got your ass beat. <laughs> Kevin James. Kevin James. Punk. That was just a great delivery, dude, because you already got yeah. your ass beat. So, yeah. But no, definitely Tori. Definitely Crease and definitely Miguel. They killed it, man. They really, really killed it. So, all right, bro. This is the last category, man. From zero to five All Valley trophies. How many All Valley trophies does this episode get for you? Uh, I gave the last one a four. They're all great. I love them all. I'm, I'm, I'll give this one a 3.5 just because, you know, it was a little bit longer, but it was just so much information to unpack, you know? Yeah. We could have taken – we can – continue talking about this for another hour <laughs> if we could you know Definitely. so i'm gonna give it just to, just to be different i'm gonna give it a 3.5 but again let me reiterate all great episodes oh yeah remember we said three three is good you know four yep. is fantastic five is just exceptional uh i was gonna go with 3.52 but i'm gonna go 3.75 not because no seriously man you know why simply because of what you just said there's a lot to unpack when you really, really look at it. And even the title, dude, nature versus nurture. Psh, mm-hmm. It's a lot to unpack there, man. So all right, brother, you know how we do it, man. You know, this is one of the things that I think this is one of the things that I believe separates us from other, you know, Cobra Kai podcasts. Any lesson that you want to give the listeners real quick before we wrap up? I got I wrote down two. We've, t- we've touched on throughout our discussion. Um, the one. Uh, one is i think they're both by daniel the one is like i'm willing to admit when i failed what i took from that is just you know if you fail it's okay you know as long as you keep going you know like failure is not like the end of the world or bad so it's okay to admit that you failed 
but then, you know, keep moving forward or work on your next step. And then the other one was when he was talking to Robbie when he ambushed him. <laughs> yeah. When he said, it's a mistake to help me. I can't change. And he's like, we all make mistakes, but our mistakes aren't who we are. So I just, I took down those two lessons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you there, man. I'm with you with that last one. Again, you know, we talked about that, you know, when we were talking about that scene, our mistakes aren't who we are, man. And right. I'm just going to go with this one again, just to reiterate, you know, not to want to sound like, you know, a broken record repeating myself, but man, you can change, you know? So I'm going to go a little Rocky Balboa, Rocky part four. Anything can if change. I can change, you can change. We can all change. You can change. Seriously. If you're listening yeah. to this, there's some things that you want to change in your life, man. Just man, make a plan and go after and attack it because you can change. All right, brother. That's it. That's it for episode two, Nature versus Nurture of Cobra Kai season three. We did it again, bro. Till next Absolutely, time, right? Man. Right. Till next time, because Cobra right. Kai never dies, brother. That's it for another episode of Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed this show. If you have, make sure to follow us on social media. You can find us at Cobra Kai Pod Show. Again, that's at Cobra Kai Pod Show. And we're on Twitter and Instagram. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to follow us on Spotify if that's what you're listening to us on. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to hit that subscribe button and make sure to rate and review our show. We can't wait to come back next week with another episode of Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast.